And welcome back to the third episode of our Gravity Falls Supersode. Once again, I am joined by Jake and Scott, the Brothers Mason. Guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you for Hello. having us. Uh, so today, we are continuing on this um, Supersode of Gravity Falls, talking about every little bit of this show that we love. Today, we are talking about the mysteries and monsters of Gravity Falls. Oh, Yes. There's a lot of them. There are. It's kind of the foundation of the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Again, just as a caveat, just as a bumper, um, we're not spoiling anything big. Go watch the show. I did a running count in the first episode, and we had uh, ten go watch the shows just in that first episode. (laughs) I feel like that's going to quadruple by the end of the second one. Yeah, it's just going to keep going. It's great. Um, So, guys... Talk to me about the uh, talk to me about the monsters first. That's where we're gonna start. Talk to me about some of these monsters. Uh, well, they are they are vast and they are varied. Uh, there's one of everything, kind of. Um, you know, there's ghosts, there's gnomes, there are vampire. You don't see any vampires, but there are vampires. Uh, there's mermen. There are invisible demon- wizards. Invisible wizards. There are demons from beyond space and time. There are gnomes there are zombies basically there's zombies zombies. there's basically everything there's shapeshifters there's beings from other dimensions that you don't want to think about i think i covered that with beings from beyond space and time but yeah sure well time baby is also a thing so (laughs) there is time baby time baby (laughs) uh there's yeah there's time travelers there are just regular straight up dinosaurs there's like i said one of everything yeah, I, it's it, it becomes a plot point later on um, that Gravity Falls just kind of acts like a gigantic weirdness sink. So if there's something yeah. weird in the world, it just kind of naturally floats there. Yeah, it will find its way to Gravity Falls. It is, uh, it is a, a, a weird funnel. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, let's dig in. Just kind of talk to me about your favorite of the monsters. Like, what, what are some of your favorite of these things? Scoot, I'll let you go first. I just, before we recorded, I just watched uh, Into the Bunker. So I really like the Shapeshifter. Shapeshifter's um, really good, really creepy. Yeah, the, if we're going with creepy, then it's also um, the Summerween monster, who's basically this, like, Slenderman, but then he's like a spider monster, and then he's just a writhing mass of candy, but it's still horrifying. Yeah, he's very inspired by No-Face from... Spirited away, Spirited away. Um, but uh, but if No Face was candy and very gross, and I don't know who voices him, it sounds like Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina, Doc Ock from Spider Man Two, um, did a voice on the show as a monster, um, but it wasn't uh, the Summerween trickster. He was the multi bear, okay. which is just a weird sentence to say. I I forgot for a second uh, <laughs> who he was. Um, yeah, sorry to cut you off. Scoot, keep going. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean that's. There's the multi bear. Uh, yeah, look, the, the multi bear is one of the first like monsters that we meet. He's in what episode six, seven? That's episode six, yeah. Six, yeah, and then he comes back, but there's this thirty some odd episode gap where <laughs> kind of you think yeah. he's a one off. Yeah, he's in the last episode. Everything kind of comes back in the last three episodes. Uh, the the finale, the three part finale, is sort of a a uh, world tour. Of the greatest hits, and it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about it. So, um, yeah. Go watch the show. Uh, go watch the show. Just watch the show. Go watch the show. Hey, Jake, uh, what, what are, which one of your favorite monsters? Um, I really like the uh, little golf balls from the Gulf War. Um, they're not necessarily monsters, but they are creatures, I guess, which yeah. I think is covered. I think it, uh, the letter of the law it, it can include them. Uh, there's these little, like, in the mini golf course. Inside all of the different mini golf holes, there are different warring factions of little golf ball people. They're called the Lilliputians. Um, waka, waka, which, waka. Yeah. And they even say, like, it's funnier if, if you read it if than you if you it, hear yeah. it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it. Uh, I like them a lot. Um, let's see. From season one, um, I think my favorite monster is, oh, boy, I'm t- totally blanking on everybody now. 
I like the two old people. I like the Gremloblin. Um, Gremloblin is in an episode I don't like uh, that much, but the Gremloblin is very good. Um, there's a lot of good jokes surrounding it. He when he when you look into his eyes, uh, you see your worst nightmare. And so, like the first two people that do it, they just like go into shock. At one point, Dipper's reading how to get rid of him, and they're like, "If you want to get rid of the Gremloblin, throw water on him." And he has to flip the page, and Mabel throws water on him. And then the next page says, "Only if you want to make him much much scarier." <laughs> and he's like, "Who writes? Who writes like this?" And uh, and so that turns him into this like the even more horrible winged version of the Gremlin. They finally defeat him by making him see his reflection, and it's just him in a tie with glasses saying, uh, "You have become your father," which is just like super <laughs> super adult joke. <laughs> like it was so good. Yeah, that's it's that's a pretty great one. Um, my, I think my favorite monster out of all the ones that were that were shown is. Um, from from probably my favorite episode, maybe um, it's it's from the uh, Northwest Mansion Mystery. Okay, the it's, the ghost. It's the ghost. It's the yeah. uh, potentially corduroy ancestor ghost lumberjack man. I th- I think, and I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. I think the journal basically confirms that it is the it is the a the ghost of a corduroy. I believe so. Yeah, it would make sense. Uh, yeah, if nothing else, I mean headcanon that. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think he's my favorite because one I, I I would argue save one one character he's the most effective monster in the entire run of the show. Yeah, he gets a lot accomplished. Yeah. Um, the the whole like mirror trick uh, where like you catch him in a, a silver mirror, but all you have to do is break the mirror to let him out. That doesn't like fix the problem. Um, is 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 very good. It's a good good drama. And and it serves as like there's there's an interesting. Interesting fan theory that maybe we can touch on in the back half of this episode that kind of involves him and ties him to the shapeshifter, which is a really neat little uh, touch that they didn't. Oh, it let, does. Okay, that they didn't let linger too much. Um, we'll dive nice. into that a little bit in the second half of this episode when we get. to Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. So I don't know this fan theory. Oh, we'll get to it. That's that's I think honestly my favorite. Of the monsters, just because he's super effective, he gets done what he set out to do, which I don't think any of the others really do. No, the others get stopped. He his his goal is not um, necessarily murder the children, which is a lot of the monsters' goals. But yeah. it is it is like upheave this the societal norms of this place. Um, and if I have to murder children, I that would be cool, but I don't. It's not necessary. Yeah, right. Um, and he uh, he accomplishes that. He does, and he does it in one of the more dramatic ways that we see on the show. Where yeah, it's a turning point for like a character, and it's really amazing. Yeah, and it's not one of the characters that you think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's see some others. Uh, season one, like we said uh, last time or the time before that, in one of the last couple episodes, season one's a lot more monster of the week. So every episode is like. Here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing. Um, there's also a, a series of like shorts, like Dipper versus the unknown. Um, and it's him going through the book and finding things and stuff in there and then trying to like find it and search. And it's just, these like five minute little, like we don't have a, a whole episode's worth of stories for this, but we would like to, you know, let yeah. this out, like get this out in the world. Um, and there's one called the hide behind, which um, is like this like kind of tree Groot like monster that um, can f- change its shape only to fit behind something so it's out of your eyesight. Like, it'll creep up on you, and if you turn around, if you turn around to look at it, it will, like, hide behind a tree and be, like, that shape. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really creepy, and it's it's really well done. I, I think Scott mentioned one earlier when we were running, running down the list of a bunch of the monsters, uh, was the Invisible Wizard. Uh, this might yes. kind of be <laughs> treading on the toes of the journal episode coming up, but yeah. he is mentioned... Yeah, really, yeah. Dipper. An, an invisible, invisible wizard. wizard. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's an invisible wizard in their closet. Um, and they're... <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a joke at first. Mabel is like, oh, the, the reason you were able to grow is in the closet. Oh, an invi- really, Dipper, an invisible wizard. Then later, like a couple episodes later, like Grenda comes out and she's covered in smooch marks. And she's like, I don't know what I was kissing in there, but it was great. <laughs> and like the invisible wizard was in there, and uh, when you when we finally get to the bottom of the invisible wizard, um, it it bad, <laughs> it's scary and gross. 
Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a, a secret journal exclusive. It's, so it's not good. <laughs> yeah. So what are uh, Scott? What's another one of your favorite monsters? Um, another one of my favorite monsters is I don't think it was mentioned in the show, but it's from the journal. Uh, Steve. It's just this big like forest giant. Oh yeah, it's the it's the giant foot from the intro credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I forgot Steve. about that. Yeah, it's just Steve. Just Steve's big old foot. Uh, something about that foot, though, that I noticed, um, if you look at it carefully, the toes don't go from biggest to smallest, like, in the shape of the foot like they're supposed to. They go backwards. So the big toe is where the pinky should be and vice versa. That's real weird. It is, yeah. Yep. Scoop, Scoop pointed that out, like, when the show first started. <laughs> oh, that's very weird. That's that's appropriate for Gravity Falls. Um, any other of the monsters we need to talk about before we dive into where I think we're really gonna just chew on this episode with the mysteries? Um, I mean, the, we did. Scoot briefly mentioned the shapeshifter, which is in yeah. one of my favorite episodes. Into the bunker, um, there is a a monster in the bunker that can take the form of whatever it sees, um, and that's kind of the whole that's like the monster of that episode. Um, but it like facilitates a lot and has like a really good moment because of it. And it's also like deeply terrifying. Like for a kid's show, it is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does the nice normal trope of, Oh, which one's the real me? Yeah. And it, like the, the, the resolution that is really good. I also want to talk about the wax men from the third episode. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of wax figures that are cursed to come alive when the moon is waxing, um, which is great. Um, but also, um, it, sure, there's like Sherlock Holmes, who's who's voiced by John Oliver. There's um, there is Genghis Khan. There's Larry King. There's Buster Rhymes. Um, there is like Lizzie Borden. Uh, John Wilkes Booth is in there. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was, but he melted. Um, there was uh, there's a couple more but my favorite one is buster rhymes because he just goes they're like we, you know he got you from a garage sale yeah a haunted garage sale son <laughs> also notable is uh the first time i heard the word uh kill on children's programming in forever was in this episode because uh sherlock holmes literally says kill those children yeah just straight they're they're not not destroy, not anything. It's just straight up like, nah, you're going to die. Yeah it's, yeah, it's crazy. Literally kill those children. Yeah. That's, that's a, and that was, what, the third episode? Yeah. Yeah, it's episode three, yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't care. They're just starting off strong. It's got one of the best resolutions to it because it actually allows Dipper to be clever. And not yeah. just, like, lucky. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it it's one of the first times that like the the way the conflict is resolved like moves a character trait into the forefront so you can have it's not just like Dipper's just clever now. It's like see Dipper is the smart one. This is how that happened. Yeah. Yeah, it it actually and that's something the show whole show is really good about is we're not just going to magically produce a thing out of nothing just for an episode. Yeah. Sometimes they will get rid of things after they do it, but yeah. that's, you know, that's fine. That's for, you know. But it won't just happen, oh, this episode we need this person to be like this. Like, they're not going to undermine these characters like that, which is real nice. Yeah. Right. So, let's dive in. I am super excited about this. Um, this whole show is built on mysteries, and we're going to talk about some of the big ones. Um, we're not talking about the end. We're not going to spoil stuff. And we're yeah. not going to talk about a lot of the stuff that's found specifically in the journal. We're going to talk about that next week in the journal episode. The rest yeah. of the field is wide open. Uh, well, this is a tricky part because um, we don't want to spoil anything. But one of the big mysteries um, that we cannot talk about because it is an enormous spoiler is who wrote the journal? Where did the journals come from? Like what? What? Yeah. Is this magic book that that Dipper has and that Gideon has, and that presumably there is another one out there because that's two and three, so there should be at least a one somewhere. But right. um, yeah, it's uh, like that's that's kind of a big thing, especially in the second, the first half of the second season. Uh, it's it's a lot about like getting to the bottom of this journal and figuring out like what 
like why this person, why someone would write this journal. Yeah. And, and we've mentioned, we've mentioned the episode into the bunker a whole lot and we're probably going to keep on mentioning it a whole lot because it's, it's a, my favorite episode. episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we have our favorite episode, uh, episode here in two weeks, that'll probably come up. Um, oh yeah. A lot. But that whole episode, like that episode gets moving. Okay. The impetus of that episode is the journal and finding out who the author is. Yeah. And we don't really learn a whole lot about that in that episode. Uh, no, I think if anything, we are more confused by the end of it, but that's not the point right. of the episode. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah. And that is true of the first three quarters of the show is that, that a lot of these mysteries, a lot of the big mysteries will get presented and used to start a plot or generate a plot. And then just kind of the mystery itself will be left dangling while we deal with the plot. Yeah. Um, what, what are, what are some of your guys' favorite mysteries? Cause there, it's, it's some are just very tied to the, the monster, but others are, not like others are like tangentially tied to whatever's going on that week, but like, it's actually much bigger. Yeah. Uh, well the two that jump to me immediately are ones that do get resolved. Um, but the first one is what happened to Gideon's mom? Because every time we see Gideon's mom, she is just, she looks horrified. Like she has gone insane, but she's kind of like Stockholm syndrome. Like she she acts like Reek from Game of Thrones. It's it, well, a little no, horrifying. I don't think that's. I don't think I would go anywhere near that far. Actually, <laughs> um, that's no. She's just. She's just like you know, bug-eyed and and like just keep vacuuming, just keep vacuuming. Like that's it. That's very different from Reek Scubo. Well, no, but like the way that it comes across is like if she steps out of line, something bad happens. I I mean that's more of what I was trying to go not with how Reek became Reek. Yeah, I don't know. I'm yes and no. I'll yeah, yes and no to that. I I see it as something different, but it does get resolved um in a in a very mystery heavy episode um called Society of the Blind Eye. Um do we want to talk about it? Like like what the the deal I mean, is? My my other mystery that jumps to me, I think also does get resolved in that one or the episode before it. Uh, and that is the one that comes up at the end of Into the Bunker. Uh, who is F? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because they get a, a um, they get a, a computer that says Property of F, uh, and it stands for Fiddleford. That's his first name. Uh, and we'll find out who that is eventually. Um, but yeah, it's a it, that that's also a good one. The the Society of the Blind Eye is a is a pretty good one that. I think started popping up in the beginning of season two. There's just this like eye symbol with an X through it. And it's just kind of in some places just like throw like, Hey, what's this could be anything. We'll see you later. And then I think it's what's... episode seven or eight of season two uh, that we like find out what it is. Was that in uh, the symbol room in into the bunker? I don't think so. Cause those are all just nonsense I... symbols. Those are all just like symbols that didn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but okay. the uh, but the Society of the Blind Eye like is this people that kind of they're like if you've heard the term Sunnydale syndrome, it's uh, it's when like here's a weird town with weird things, and for some reason nobody talks about it, and everyone just forgets it happens and doesn't want to believe in any of it. That's from Buffy because like every week people were murdered by monsters, um, and they were just like, nah, it's just like a town. Don't worry about it. Um, and, but in Gravity Falls, there was this society that would go around and if you saw something weird, they would erase your memory of, of it. And so that's why like later on, Robbie doesn't remember when a video game character tried to kill him because Dipper summoned it to fight him, you know, like he just doesn't remember that. And, but like it happened and it's because the society of the blind eyes going around erasing people's memories. And according to, uh, you see her name, you see, um, something gleeful like like mrs gleeful uh, which is gideon's last name that's gideon's mom and so so the implication is like she just had her memory erased so many times that she doesn't know why anything is like she's just like fried yeah and yeah and that reason also comes up in the society of the blind eye episode and it makes a whole lot of sense 
yeah, explain who F is because like that's that's a uh, uh, who a long road to hoe to get from from him to where he gets to. Yeah, and it's uh, it's such a sad one when you actually know like who he is and what he's done, and it's oh. Yeah, and like explains a lot of stuff that was just jokes earlier, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> oh yeah. no. Listen, as you get in towards the back half of the second season, there's a whole lot of things that you're like, oh, that was really funny like 20 episodes ago, and now it's really sad. Now yeah. it's dark and depressing, yeah. Yeah, oh, poor guy. Uh, Matt, what about you? What are, what are, some, what are some of your favorite mysteries? Uh, mine, I, I have I have two. Um one is, who's that weird, bald, pale dude that pops up in the first, like, four episodes just for a frame? That's a good one. That's a right. real good one. And there's there's no explanation given. There's No one calls attention to it at all. If you don't know it's there and you're not looking for it, you won't see him. Yeah, it, it took it me literally... three watches of the show to see him after yeah. JJ told me he existed. It's such a quiet thing in the background that you're just like, oh, oh, okay. And then you go back and you're like, huh, how about that? Look at that. Yeah. So that's my favorite one. And the resolution to that becomes becomes a, like a major touchstone that yeah. comes back a couple times. Yeah, in, in sort of a couple weird ways. And then at the end... Of the episode at the end of the series, it comes back and just like like I don't know, it just it seems so out of place. But then like that's kind of the character's whole deal. It's just like being a little bit out of place, and then you're yeah. so so like it works. But you're like, wow, I did not, I did not see that coming. And then also, I guess I guess what what they're offering does make a lot of sense to have that character there. So like it's it's. Very, very well constructed, but it, it feels off and weird, and I think that's done on purpose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And there, there are some, there are some, um, like side shorts that kind of deal with that and paint kind of a really scary picture of the future of this world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It doesn't like, seem like a pretty great times in the, in the future. No, because there's apparently an apocalypse coming in three thousand twelve. So. Hmm. Yeah. Doesn't sound great. Uh, good job, Dipper and Mabel. I'm sure it's probably your fault somehow. Um, uh, I mean, well, in that in that timeline, probably. Yeah. Yeah, because it seems it's it's because there's also you know, kind of an apocalypse towards the end of the series, um, and the the time baby is involved with it, and it kind of like the fact that there is a future is not necessarily a comfort. Like it doesn't. It kind of gets thrown out the window pretty quickly. Yeah. So, my other favorite mystery happens completely externally to the show itself. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm very excited to talk about this. So, at the end of the show, a a character is uh, turned to stone and is left as this statue in the show. There's, there's a scene in the very last end credits when they're kind of wrapping up everybody, and you see this statue is just kind of, like, in a forest glade somewhere, like, kind of some moss over him, like a bird lands on him. Um, and in the very last second of the closing credits of the last episode of this show, there's a real-life, super grainy shot that lasts for just a couple of frames... And it's a real-life version of this statue out in the wilderness somewhere. Yeah. And it just... Um, nothing happened for a long time with that. Yeah, it was it was a couple of months before... It wasn't too, too long. I think I think it was only a couple of weeks before, like, other clues started popping up. Um, and then the, the hunt for this thing was on. And um, the clues... Yeah. The clues spanned the globe. There yeah, was, was a clue in Russia. Yeah, it was bonkers. Um, it, it, people all over the world were were trying to help out. There was a puzzle delivered somewhere that was like it had a not necessarily a, a um, an encryption code. No, yeah, it did. I think I think it had like a, a code on it that you had to decipher 
I forget what the how you found the cipher, but it was like an alien language that was just like a like this symbol means A, this means B, etc. But like you had to figure out what that meant somewhere and else, and then solve the a puzzle, like three thousand piece puzzle. The puzzle was like all one color, pretty much. And like it was a super difficult thing that Alex Hirsch put together. Yeah, like for for free like you know this wasn't part of gravity falls he wasn't being paid for that he just wanted to do this um and and kind of give gravity falls one last like big treasure hunt because a lot of the thing of the show like we talked about earlier is like there are a lot of like hidden codes in there and um and there's like you know the 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 zodiac wheel in the beginning of like there's like a frame of it in the in the credits and it's like, what is that? And it's like, okay, well, we'll talk about it in the finale and never before or, <laughs> or again. Um, yeah, it'll come up four times. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, at the end of every episode, there's like a cipher. And sometimes you need a key. And the whole second season, there is in the background a key symbol and word, you know, letters that spell a word. And that word is the key to the cipher to figuring out what this thing says. And it is like very involved. And it's, and it, in the first season, it was a lot more jokes. In the second season, it's it gets a lot more ominous. Um, like, there's one that's uh, 30 years and now he's back. The mystery man in the mystery shack. Um, oh, oh. And, 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 like, it's... it's rip my heart out. Yeah, man. And it's, like, pretty creepy. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to Google, like, a list of all the ciphers that came up if, if we want to talk about them. Oh, yeah. We, we have we have some time, so we do need to... We, we can talk about those. Um, so while you're looking at that... Uh, what what it ended up being is like there were there were these little secret things hidden all over the world like there was some in Russia and different states across the country and eventually it led to coordinates in Oregon around and, where gravity falls would be yeah and yeah. it they there was i rem, i remember watching the live stream that people put on facebook uh when they yeah. found it i think well, it was and, facebook and, or twitter or I think it was I think it was on Twitter. I think it was periscoped on on Twitter. Yeah. Also the the statue was moved at one point because Eventually, the people yeah. who owned the property um like Didn't before like randos tramping all over their land. Yeah, and like I feel like it, maybe there was a deal in place and then they backed out on it because I doubt Alex Hirsch would be like I'm just going to put it in the woods. It'll be fine. I feel like he would have like found out who right. owned that part of the woods and asked and then uh, you know a million people tried finding it and they were like Okay, get rid of this thing. Yeah, it got it got moved to to a safer place uh, for a while, and I think it 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 got moved to a safer place for a while, and I think eventually found a new home somewhere. Um, but yeah, people could go. I remember watching that live periscope of the first people to go out and find it, and there was there was like a treasure box there. Like along with this statue, and there was like some prizes inside of it for the first people to find it. It was really cool. Yeah, very very awesome. And I I think that I don't know where the statue is now, but they like they took it and they put it somewhere, um, like to commemorate it. Essentially, I don't exactly remember where, but like it it still exists out in the world. Yeah, you can definitely still go find it. Uh, there was there was like a fan based um, company that makes. Gravity Falls products, uh, some licensed, some not, kind of depending. Uh, and they made reproductions of this statue that you could buy. Yeah, I I want to see this statue uh, become a new pop figure, but that's just me and well, my you, weird obsession. You have a very real addiction to pop figures. It's, it's not an addiction. I haven't bought one in like a month <laughs> and change. Um, I have the Dipper and Mabel, by the way. I don't know if I told you. I resisted buying those at target last time i was there because i don't have the money for it right now uh and matt you have uh you got you have bill and stan right yep it's pretty good pretty good ones it, i i i kind of i wanted a dipper uh, and they did not they did not have one at the store i found these two at uh apparently there's also a uh, funky fresh unicorn blood mabel oh that's i Wait, that's di- the there's one a that dippy fresh find. yeah that's ridiculous. I'm looking up the ciphers. Okay, there they are. Yeah, it's uh it they're they're also hidden like throughout the episode and not just in the end. Like there the end has some stuff, but uh like there is definitely like oh, oh yeah, and for the for the longest time, uh, there would always be like a 
a page of the journal, like a random section of the journal would be shown, and sometimes it would have ciphers on it. And Yeah. Uh, the end slate of every season two episode had like the like the end credits thing, and it would say something at the bottom, and then there would, it would flash one time like a, a like for like a second there would be a picture not of the journal but of a journal-esque uh thing that would make very cool computer backgrounds um and uh and this one was was a two-parter and it like it was a number replacement and uh it was for for the episode not what he seems and it's very good uh the whole the whole thing is a is a pretty good hidden thing that if you go find it like you are rewarded for it yeah it's it's pretty great, and that's that's one of the best parts about this show was that they really they really encouraged fans to go out and dig into this show more than what was just presented on screen. Right, and they tied a lot of these mysteries into it. Um, you know, I really do wish we could talk about the the big overarching series arc, like the two big things that come up, but. Um, I don't think any of the three of us want to ruin that for you because you need I, to go watch the show. I think that's the reason I've been so quiet these last couple episodes is because like everything that comes into my head, I'm like, no, that's a spoiler. No, that's the main plot. No, that's a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple things we, we should touch on. Like, we didn't talk about um, Bill, who is a pretty major part of uh, the first and second season. Well, not the first season. He's like not in it a lot, but he's, he's in the second season uh, a couple times. Um, Gideon, we did talk about a little bit in the, um, yeah, the, the earlier episodes and for the season one, he is like kind of the on again, off again, big, bad slash Dennis, the menace troublemaker. Um, Bill is this triangle from outside of time and space that can enter your dreams. Um, and he comes up in the episode dreamscaperers. He's trying to get a secret out of, uh, Stan's head. Gideon summons him and, uh, the kids stop him. Um, and you don't see him again until an episode called Sock Opera, where he uh, takes over Dipper's body and is horrifying. It's it's pretty yeah. great, yeah. Like genuinely, some of like the most unsettling stuff I've ever seen is in that episode. We we talked about uh, how the ghost from the Northwest Mystery Mansion, uh, you know, would kill kids if he have to, uh, had to. But Bill's like actively seeking out to do that. Yeah, um, he's just kind of like, he can only enter our world if he has a vessel, and you have to agree to it, you have to like make a deal, so it's like a, like, he tricks Dipper, essentially. Um, and, well, not uh, essentially, and, it's outright. Yeah, he definitely tricks yeah. him, um, because he doesn't, he he says, I, I will give you the password to the, um, to the laptop, because there's a password on the laptop that belongs to F, and uh, they can't find it, and he types in too many, um, like options and it's about to delete all the information and bill's like hey i'll help you out and then he does but then he just immediately like they hand they shake on it and then he immediately breaks the computer and it's like that's not a deal at all like that you just got rid of all your trust like right there you know yeah because he didn't give he didn't even like oh well, now i have your body but you know here's the password or whatever like he didn't even do any of that, so he like kind of like just destroyed all credibility he has. But then he was like the creepiest and very terrifying. So yeah, like some deliberate kind of harm to Dipper's body that was pain is hilarious, but oh, it was a pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it also kind of it does it does a weird. It sets up a thing where you can uh, it gives a tell to whether or not someone is possessed. Um, that the kind of the weird pupil shape that has yeah. been the uh, the cause of a lot of fan questioning as well because sometimes people's pupils go all weird and they're like, wait, what? Wait for for real? Not not just in like animation goofs or oh, it's it's usually animation goofs, but it's like uh, oh, and they wonder if that was the, the they're like, the thing. why would their pupils go to that direction? And like the answer is probably because they've already animated pupils like that, so it's cheaper. Uh, yeah, right. Instead of just going like, wait, does that mean he was still possessed this whole time? Oh no. Yeah. That's, that's the only problem with animation is like, you can, weird things can just goof and you wouldn't know for a while. And then you'd be like, Oh, was that part of a thing? 
Um, speaking of, they're in uh, in the Mermaid episode. I cannot remember what it was called to save my life. The deep end. Yeah. Save my life. I'm alive. Thank God. <laughs> but uh, there's at the end, um, the the there's a merman in the episode. Mayo falls in love with him, uh, and she sends he at the end he is free and he escapes the pool that he was trapped in, and he sends letters back to Mabel in bottles. Um, and one of them is just there's an animation error where it just mirrored and it said Labum, L A B E M <laughs> or L E B A M, which is Mabel backwards. Um, and people were like, "Who is Labum? Who or who is Labam? Bam or whatever?" And it, it's like it's just a, guys, it's just a goof. It didn't. It was a mistake. It was a whoops. <laughs> but that was like in season one, and so during the hiatus, like like who is Labam became like this huge online thing of people being like it does does there a third twin are there alternate dimensions with evil versions of them and there's going to be whatever dipper is backwards uh rapid uh, rapid <laughs> and it's like no it's just a bottle that they someone hit like control i on or something and it flipped <laughs> don't worry about it uh one one of my one of the ones i wanted to bring up was uh in in into the bunker there's a scene where the shapeshifter is talking to Dipper, and he goes, okay, fine. You don't want my help? Let me show you how you're gonna die. Yeah. And he adopts Dipper's form, and he takes this pose, and he freezes. And it's just like... Yeah, they, they, get, they get him trapped in a cryogenic uh, pod, and so as he is freezing, he's like, I'm gonna show you the, you know, the face of your death, and it's just him screaming. And then a few episodes later, we get Northwest Mansion Mysteries. And near the end of that one, a whole bunch of people are being turned into wood. And Dipper gets turned into wood in that exact same pose. Yeah. Now, there's so man. Much, there's so much good continuity in this show. For That's sure. That's the biggest thing that I will commend Alex Hirsch on is how... Everything makes sense, and everything um, goes to something else. I do, Matt. Do you have like any any more info on the theory itself? Because I really don't. Beyond like, oh look, it's that. Like, how would he know? Do you know any 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 theories uh, on that? Not there. There there are some suggestions that like maybe he was because he was an extra dimensional thing that he might have been friends with uh, some of the things that show up in the very end. Or okay. he might have come from the future, from the apocalypse time, and just knew these things. Um, the bigger fan theory is that as Dipper is, again, animation goof most likely, but as Dipper is turning into wood, his pupils go all possession-like. Oh. And so people, like, there was this big debate about whether or not Dipper's been Dipper this whole time. Or... Dipper's been possessed the whole time? Yeah. Well, that would be a different show. And it it doesn't quite work because leading up to this, Dipper has been Dipper. And after this, Dipper is Dipper again. Yeah. yeah. And also, I don't think it would work with just him or Mabel because they are the two mainest of characters. Like, if, if it would have been, like, Wendy or, or Seuss or even Stan, like, that would be, that would a, be a good twist. Yeah. But like, it, but by doing one of the twins, you're basically saying like one of these twins is more important than the other one, and that's not true because they are both equally important. And they're also right. like that. That would also be um, undermining one of like the core truths of the series. If you suddenly take away one half of the twins, then the whole balance yeah. of the twins together can do anything falls apart. Yeah, and that would not be good. That would that would be that would that would kind of mess up the uh, the the big center of the show, like the emotional core of the show. Yeah. Um, oh man, you guys just go go watch this show. Just go watch this show and is in, what we're saying. In like go a year, in like a year, the three of us will come back and do another super soda about this, and we can talk about all the spoilers in the world. And oh look, I am totally for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, but everyone listening has to promise to just go watch the show. Just go watch the show. I will yell about that like once a month for a year until everyone that's listening to this podcast has watched the show. It'll be great. 
and then we could talk about all the stuff that makes me cry at the very end. Um, oh my god, it's a, um, a blubbery mess. It's so good. <sighs> that last that last scene is just. I'm I'm literally getting a thing from the like last episode tattooed on me. Oh. Um, oh. At at some probably very soon probably like by the time you hear this or the next episode depending on when they go up, um no maybe not this one maybe the next episode I might have a tattoo based on Gravity Falls. Oh, that's good. Um, when I uh when I watched the finale, I was watching it with uh, my girlfriend and two of our friends, and I was the only one that knew that that was the series finale. Oh, so they were all like, "Oh man, I can't wait for the next season," and I was like, "Guys, that's it. There that is no it. next season. Oh, that's no. it." <laughs> And they're like, what, did he get canceled? I'm like, no, he did that on purpose, man. He told the story. Yeah, I remember because Josh texted me. Josh, uh, not Josh Nichols, who's been on the show. Um, Josh Bro, our our friend um, who who lives near Scoot. Um, like, he texted me, like, two days later. And he was like, that was it? And I was like, yeah. that Like, he just wanted to it to be over because, like, it was a perfect story. He didn't need to – he didn't want to go on too long. And he's like, oh, but what – like, what? And I was like, no, man, like <laughs> – that that takes a lot. That takes a lot of guts, especially for a show that a lot of people liked and was doing well. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, there's there's one thing that we can definitely say is that he knew the story he wanted to tell and he freaking told it. I, yeah, yeah for it sure. Out of the park. Yeah, it's. I don't think I don't think any of us can ever praise Alex Hirsch and that whole creative team enough for what they gave. Yeah. Him. Uh, if it if it weren't for a couple of things though, I I would say that he maybe intended for there to be three seasons, and that maybe season two was going to be like the first half of season two was going to be season two, and the second half was going to be season three. I um, I would buy that. Um, yeah. But and then then you know the first one just being so taxing and and him figuring like it's been long enough. I think I can, I think we can just you know, put this to bed. Uh, but there are a couple things where I, if not for one or two things that pop up in early episodes, I would be like, that's you changed this halfway through. Like you had to have seen this and changed something. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, I think there's enough evidence that like, he just had the story in his head the whole time. Like specifically like, you know, who is the author? Like that comes up so much later in the game. Um, than you would think, but it also feels like it could have waited another season for them to try to figure it out, you know? Yeah. That's what, like, that's a little past the second half of season two, right? It is the halfway point. Yeah, but yeah. they don't even decide to, like, try and figure it out until season, until the first episode of season two, and it's like, at some points you're like, okay, but why now? Like, like, are you trying to kickstart something? Or it could be like, is this because you wanted to end it? You know, like it, it feels like it could have gone either way, but um, you know, either way, the, the show is still very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Go watch it. Um, Go watch the show. Is there any, any other mysteries we need to talk about? I've been trying to think uh, there there's a, okay. I I got one. I have one too. Scuba, you, you go first. Why Stan is, Stanford Pines, but his license plate says Stanley. What's well, a Stanley Mobile? Yeah, yeah. To be completely fair, for yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you there know, it you, is. you figure it out. Uh, Big old uh, reason for that. Yeah. Um, I I have one that's also related to Stan, and that is, you know, at the end of the first episode, he he hits some buttons and the vending machine moves, and he goes downstairs into the secret basement. Um, and at the very end of the first season, you get a glimpse of it and that's it and you don't get anything between them but there's also a lot of weird things in the house that kind of make you wonder what stan was up to previous like there's an episode with a room that got lost like there was just like a room that was like empty yeah wallpaper like painted over it yeah and like there's two because there's the one that the wax figures were in that they just like you know wallpapered over the door and there's one that was like behind a bookshelf and wallpapered over and that one has this like rug that when you statically charge each other, like if you're with someone and you poke their fingers, you switch bodies. Um, and it says like experiment 78 or experiment 18 or something like that. And it's like, it's like, Stan, what is this? Like, what is, what's going on in here? And like, there's also like in the episode double dipper, the copier machine makes copies of that come to life. People. Like his dipper yeah. copies himself into a bunch of, 
you know, to like impress Wendy and get a dance with her and it doesn't really work and it's a very good episode. Um, but <laughs> like, it just makes you wonder like, what's, what's all this stuff? Cause it's not like mystery monsters stuff. It's like science weird. And, and that is very intriguing. And you find out eventually yeah, like, not it's a little bit more like X-Files what exactly than Twin Peaks in a few places. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's just like, it's very interesting because it, it, it lets you know that like, Everything is on limits. Like there is nothing that we won't touch. Like we will have like science carpets that sw- you know swap electrons in your brain that make your your mind switch. We do also have gnomes in the woods though, and and uh, uh, you know, unicorns mermen. are real and unicorns, and they're real and they're jerks. And and I think even even beyond that is kind of an implicit promise that everything is important. And yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to remember with the mysteries when you're watching the show is that everything matters and everything points to stuff. There's even like yeah. there's even like a trick of geography with the city itself that doesn't get brought up until the fourth to last episode. Yeah, oh I yeah, was, you're talking about I uh, was watching under, that one before um under yeah, the bridge. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. yeah. I, is that that's visible in um. Oh, it's there the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just there the whole time. Of course, (laughs) yeah. um, And at the end, you're like, huh? But like, like, but like, episode nine, there's something that happens. And in the episode um, where they they switch their minds, which I also cannot remember the name of that episode. Uh, Carpet Um, Diem, yeah. Carpet Diem, yeah, yeah. Um, There's like a there's like a very tiny thing that connects two things, and then stands a little shady about something, and you're like, okay. What's going on here? And it's like, you know, you find out sort of, and they never explicitly say a lot of things, but like you, they reveal something and then you, it is, it is on you to go back and plug this new piece of information in and, and make the mystery complete for yourself. And that is very, very impressive and, and daring for a kid's show. Yeah, because it doesn't hold your hand. It's like we it trusts that you can understand and put this stuff together yourself. Yeah, yeah. They do that in uh, Time Traveler's Pig as well. Um, when we when we meet Blended and we get kind of the, the the answers to some things that we had seen previously, but there's a scene that we hadn't seen previously. That yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of co- comes back in Carpet Diem, but only only via one item. That kind of relates to something else, and and yeah, then doesn't later, and it's like, what is okay, what like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then like later on, you're like, oh, okay, like there comes a point on here. where you start to figure things out, and you're like, they freaking told me all this in the first few episodes of the first season. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Blandon, and it also happens with Bill, too, um, they do this trick where Blandon has a camouflage suit that lets him blend in to wherever he is, you know, blend in. Blandon um, and it, it's on the Fritz and one of the things it shows is just like some weird scenes from around town and and it shows this like like just a snowy landscape and then we do go there for like one second and it's just like the past um, and then you that's it it's all you get for that and then you go back later and then Bill has um like he fritzes and it like it will just show weird things like you know crops on fire and space and one of them is this weird symbol that Stan has tattooed on his shoulder that you only kind of see, like you see some of it, but not all of it. And you can, by looking at the symbol that Bill becomes, you can piece it to like what that is. And then you find out what it is, but you don't find out what it is. Like you don't know what the symbol means, but you do find out where it comes from sort of. And it's just, it's like, it's very deep. It's very, (laughs) it's like very detailed. It's listen, guys, Go watch the show. I don't go watch everyone. The show. I just want to talk about this show with everybody, like openly and honestly, and and be able to like freely just gush. So like, if you could all just do me a favor and watch the show, please, then we can talk about it. Yeah. Listen, if you guys, if everyone listening goes and watches the show, next September we'll come around again and we'll get to yell about everything together as a family, and it'll be great and fun and perfect. It'll be real good. Because yeah, episodes five is going to be real hard for me because some I of think my favorite fi- episodes. I think are the five last might just episodes. be the spoileriest one, and we'll try to dance around it, but not as much as um, 
yeah. we have been in, in these yeah. past three. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Um, we, we've got a couple more still as part of our super sode. Uh, so, Scott, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am on Twitter, at ScottyMace1. Um, that's really it. I've said in the last uh, couple episodes that I have a secret project that I'm working on that right now is basically an idea in my head. Um, until well, it's got to start mic. somewhere. Yeah, I mean, until I get um, a better recording mic and a set time and I can convince my roommates to do this. Um because I want to start up an actual play RPG podcast um, for the campaign that I'm running for him right now. Nice. Nice. And Jake, where can people find you and your McElroy of podcasts on the internet? I'm on the Twitter at, at JJ underscore Mason. I got a Morphin Grid. I got a Pokemon World Tour. I got a Pokemon World Tour United. I got a Hard Reboot. I got a Cool Kids Table. I got a Kingdom Smarts. I think that's it. I edit a sailor business. I think just one, just one. I think well, I've edited a hundred at this point. How many? Hundred? No, not I'm not at a hundred yet. I'm at eighty something. Um, so yeah, go check those out. They're all very cool. Uh, if I can, if I only plug one, it's gonna be Pokemon World Tour United. Um, we just put out the Act One interlude, uh, which uh, was very good. I think I think it came out very well. Want to talk about fun. bananas storytelling? Yeah, it's it's a pretty good time. And so, the meanest cliffhanger I think y'all have given us yet. Yep, yep, yep. Also Cool Kids Table, um, because uh, we play D&D sometimes, and it's very funny. <laughs> so we play a lot of different RPGs there, but D&D is the one that uh, gets the, um, the, the loosey-goosiest, I would say, because uh, my character lives inside of me at two beers, so I have to be a little bit tipsy to play her as best as I can. <laughs> Uh, and for me, uh, I've got a bumper coming up that's going to tell you a whole lot of stuff. Uh, I do have a secret project that's going to be released once this super show is over. It's a new podcast that I am starting with my buddy, Alan Sells. He's also my co-host with Jake on Hard Reboot, and he does a heap of stuff with Jake over on his projects. Um, it's going to be a what we're calling a limited series podcast. And for more information on that, stay tuned. I'll tell you more over the next two weeks. Uh, Come back next week. We're going to be talking about the journal. So, yeah, we will see y'all next week. You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend? Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening. (laughs) 